0: This is the Fearless Fathers podcast, a podcast for you, the fathers who suffer in silence every single day. Come with us as we hit those main topics that are just burning through your soul. It's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to be fun. And together, we will become fearless. What's going on? Welcome again, our fearless family to the next episode of the Fearless Fathers podcast. I am your host, Davo, And I'm Ryan. What's going on, Ryan? How you been, buddy? No conjecture today. Very serious topic. <laughs> very serious topic. Very. No, you are, you are right. You are right. So, going into it, we're going to do another two-part episode series for you guys. Like Ryan said, it's quite of a bit of a serious topic, very near and dear to my heart. And I know a lot of you out there are the same exact way. So, Ryan, why don't you pick it up, let them know what we're talking about, and we'll start kicking right into it.
1: Okay. So, today's topic will be divorce uh more specifically you know how it affects your relationships how it affects you as a father and you know it's just some just some points to deal with the stress and the changes that will be coming you will be coming your way if you if you decide to divorce your partner so i guess the first thing to cover is how prevalent is divorce. Um obviously everyone knows Ryan likes his numbers, but yeah, I like mean, looking for a reason. <laughs> because they um they tell us what's going on with um, you know, the general population and how many people it affects. And that's a big deal because um at the end of the day, you know, like obviously me and Dave aren't doing these studies, but organizations like the Centers for Disease Control and the Census are doing these studies and they're doing them for a reason because they're monitoring mental health. And the numbers can tell you a lot about that, and that's what we're all about—is you know helping people through with mental health problems in relationships to them being fathers. Now, I will say this in advance: I have never been through a divorce. Oh. Me and my wife are still married, and uh, my parents were never divorced. Now my my wife has gone. My wife's parents went through a divorce, but obviously, you know, it, it hasn't affected me in during my development. Dave, your story is very different.
0: It is very different. You're absolutely right. So as I've talked about before, I am a child of divorce. My parents split. Some of my first memories, I was like five years old when they split. I was just starting kindergarten or preschool when they decided that enough was enough. Um, So my entire growing life, all I knew was divorced parents and the struggles of being a young child, going through divorce, and really how that shaped who I became, and the world
1: around me. Well, that being said, let's just talk about some basic numbers real fast here. And these, these do come from the Center for Disease Control. And this is just the, the bottom line. These are the marriage and divorce numbers currently for, I think it's 2018. These are the 45 states that report them and the District of Columbia. So in the United States, 2018, there were 2,132,853 marriages. So out of every 1,000 people, that's 6.5. But according to those states, there were also 700,082 and 38 divorces as well. So that's out of 1,000 people, it's uh, 2.9. So that's almost half. Um, that's quite a bit no, the numbers don't lie. So we have to think to ourselves, Hey, what happens? Um, what, what, what changes in somebody's life that they decided they don't want to be with somebody? Um, these, these are all the questions that sh- that you're going to have to ask. Um, and those numbers, um, do change quite a bit. So for instance, in, um, two in the year 2000, 8.2 people for every thousand people were getting married. And now that's obviously went down quite a bit as well. Um, almost by a quarter. Um, yeah. So yeah, which is that's a that's a huge change. So, what is that, 18 years? Uh, I'm sure once the numbers come out for 2019, 2020, it'll be, uh, it'll be like an even larger difference. So, less people are getting married, therefore, less people are getting divorced. But, you know, let's just talk about, you know, the states by rank which states have the highest divorce rates? Uh, the top five are Arkansas, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Kentucky, and Oregon. Uh, in that order, um, these are once again the 2018 numbers. As the other ones come out, obviously they're doing a census this year, and the CDC has been very busy making sure everybody doesn't die from coronavirus. So I'm, <laughs> I think you can, I think they can be excused for not putting out the divorce number. No <laughs> so, excuses. Yeah, give us absolutely. the numbers. Give us right the data. Now. And as far as the states or territories. That have the lowest divorce numbers out of the fifty-two uh, entities that were polled. Uh, Forty, uh, New York, New Jersey tied. Uh, Rhode Island, then North Dakota. Both Dakota's making the list. That's a little weird. Uh, Puerto Rico and then Delaware reporting the lowest numbers, which actually might be them not reporting at all. No, no, no. They have they have the they have the numbers in here. So the, those numbers are all just, you know, for your information. Hey, go check them out. Um, they're extremely, the study is extremely interesting. The links will be in the description to all that stuff. And in fact, the CDC has um, eight, nine documents um, just that are like 11, 12 pages long. the piece. If you want to read through them, there's some pretty, some pretty interesting facts in there. In fact, there's like, we can make, I don't know, a dozen episodes off those forms with just... We can make a dozen episodes out
0: of just this topic alone. So, oh, you know... Yeah. Easily. We're just we're just barely scratching the surface when it comes to divorce and what it really entails. You boom, hit it. Sorry, I missed your flow.
1: <laughs> no, you're <all> right. <laughs> I was coming to the end of it anyway, so you're you're good. You're all good. All right. Hooray. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the more human element of this, obviously. On Thursdays, we've been getting into doing, uh, well, Dave has been getting into, I haven't done one, um, <laughs> has been getting into doing interviews with uh, fathers. And we are going to continue that this Thursday, but a little bit different. Um, I, I will be interviewing different. Dave about his experience. <laughs> Legas. Yes. Um, I am not a very good interviewer, and it is going to be a horrible mess, but oh, I will do I can't, my best. I
0: can't wait yeah, for your face. Anxiety anxiety <laughs> <breeze.
1: laughs> <laughs> so.
0: I'm gonna bask in this glory, swim
1: for me, child, swim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that that that's the general plan for Thursday's episode. So I think what we're gonna do is take the rest of the rest of this episode and kind of set that up. Yeah. We're gonna talk about, you know. The stressors involved, you know making a plan for a non contentious divorce um, is always a great idea if you end up getting into a court battle or a custody hearing um, that's going to be a big deal. You definitely going to want to talk about that and the mental health issues of you and your child that can that can come from this so Dave, where do you want to start it off?
0: Let's just take it right from the beginning, man. All these stressors that come into play, and especially. You fathers, you guys listening, this is probably one of the most stressful things that can happen to a father because of everything surrounded with it. Um, And we're going to touch base on this when it comes to court battles. But as a father, you're like, you lose, you feel like you lose everything. The wife has taken half the stuff. Child support comes into play. I'm not going to have visitation for my kid. It's just a whirlwind of emotion that hits you at once. And what happens is we act on emotion, we act on impulse, we act on those stressors without having a clear head or at least refocusing ourselves to find a, to find a way to combat this. And I'm not saying that every battle is going to be that way, because let's be honest, there's people out there who are just trying to nickel and dime and take everything from you. I get it. I have friends and family members who have gone through similar things like this. I see it. I hear it. They talk to me. I, you know, it's around everybody. Half a half of marriages end in divorce, right? The old adage holds true
1: according to the numbers,
0: (laughs) according to the numbers. So Ryan blesses off on this because the numbers match. So, all right. Is it going to be the answer is divorce the number one answer when it comes to it? It may not be you know a lot of people will just say i'm unhappy in my i'm unhappy in my relationship i'm unhappy in my marriage so that means once i'm unhappy i have to get a divorce that's not the case i feel that should be a last attempt i'm big when it comes to like talk therapy and really honing in and getting another side to a different story but again i also came from that i'm not going to delve too deep into my story i got to hold some stuff for thursday guys sorry but just seeing it and seeing what divorce does, you know, if you come from that type of family, you feel like, oh, parents hate each other. I have to get a divorce now. That That's just how it is. That's how I was raised. That's how I see things. It, it's clear. It's clear and cut. It's not so black and white. Is it the answer? It may be. It may be. You may have exhausted all options and you say, you know what, I just can't do this anymore, or a physical or mental abusive relationship, and there's just nothing that you can do, you know, if you're stuck in that toxic chokehold of a marriage and it's not gonna be good for your mental health, it's not gonna be okay to stay there, to stay together for the kids and ultimately something worse could happen when it comes down to it.
1: Uh, do you have anything you wanna add on that, Ryan? Yeah. There's a thousand good reasons to get a divorce like you said mental abuse physical abuse betrayal of the relationship but a lot of marriages just merely end for the fact that they're ending <laughs> it's because ending. they're unhappy for whatever reason right. and right. and it could exactly. be it could be
0: something so small that just talking could fix all the problems right then and there
1: right Exactly, and you know, I'm a I'm a huge proponent of you know therapy and talking to somebody and having independent adjudication to deal with your problems. That's huge for huge for me. It's uh, it's helped me in my life a lot. And you know, I understand everyone's circumstances are are different. Um, but you know, it's a good starting point for everybody mm-hmm. is to attempt to save of to save the relationship and save the marriage. You know, for especially if you have children, if you, if you don't have children, you know, then it's consenting adults doing what consenting adults do and you're moving along. Whereas I prefer, you know, you, you talked it out, but that's, if you just can't do it, then you can't do it. But the second you bring a a child into the fold um, you're changing, you're changing the whole dynamic of the situation. And, you know, I'm sure you can attest to this Dave, but as people, you know, start down the road of divorce sometimes children number one don't understand but number two um, get affected on a mental level they gain psychoses and they gain you know like trust issues and things like that from watching who's supposed to be the bedrock of their of their mm-hmm. their lives dissipate uh, <laughs> and once again I've never experienced this but that's just kind of my, my thought on it
0: and you're you're absolutely right I mean it it does it changes who that child starts becoming you know a little bit about me like i wanted attention growing up so i did anything i could to try and get attention because something just didn't feel right with me when it came down to it i'm I'm gonna go more in depth with that when it comes to thursday um it's gonna be a whole slew of emotions yeah get ready because
1: thursday is gonna be an interesting day (laughs) it's
0: well you're you're gonna cry in the corner trying to interview me so (laughs) but
1: um hey man you know like i I don't mean to you know belittle the the littlest, but the analogy my dad always used was like when he was trying to teach me how to drive stick, he had this old like Chevy pickup truck with a giant like throw on. And he's like, If you can drive that, you can drive anything. So if I can interview you, I can interview anybody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're damn right, though. Yeah, no, but you're absolutely right. And I feel therapy holds such a major stigma, which is why I feel there's a lot of divorces that could be resolved just through a few therapy sessions. And I think it's that stigma of, well, I'm going to use us because we're fearless fathers. That's what we do, right? We break that stigma. A lot of us get in that mind of, well, I'm not going to talk to this damn quack who's going to tell me everything is fine and I'm the one to blame and it's my fault and it's this and it's that. You're already defeating yourself before you even take that step ahead. You're already telling yourself it's not going to be worth it because all they're going to do is attack me. That is not the case. I could tell you I've been in therapy. I've gone through different sessions on a whole range of issues. I went through therapy as a kid when my parents were splitting up. I went through therapy as an adult. I repressed a lot of that as a kid, <laughs> Yeah, but you don't truly remember it until years down the road, but I remember sitting there talking. I'm like, I don't want to talk to this quack. They're going to medicate me. They're going to do this. They're going to do that, and I'm a, I'm a 28-year-old man at this point. I don't want to deal with that. I went there, man. I tell you what, after an hour session, you feel like the world is just lifted off your shoulders. You feel validated, you feel things cuz all they're there is like Ryan said, they're just that mediator. They're just the ones to sit there, listen to both sides and say, "Okay, let's form a plan of attack," which is what we're going to get into here. But before we do that, is there anything else you wanted to add on that before
1: we move on? No. Up? No. Um you hit the nail on the head there, Dave. It's there's always an option before you even get to the point, you know, of what we're actually even talking about, you know, because everyone came here for the divorce episode, but now we're talking about the pre-divorce stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's always, there's always an option uh, as to what's got, as to what you can do. And like, obviously, like I said, there's, there's exceptions to that, uh, but uh, therapy is phenomenal and i suggest everybody do it there is one thing you miss though is you know a lot of people have the uh, the stigma of cost Oh, this is going to cost me an arm and a leg True. This guy this guy costs 200 dollars an hour to go hang out and my insurance is never going to cover this most insurances do these days and there are so many free resources for mental health right now um, and, the, inter- the internet is abound with them
0: oh yeah we we say that all the time and th- just to piggyback on that before we move on to our next point, point, two hundred dollars an hour for a therapist is gonna cost a lot less than a contested divorce where you may lose oh. a lot more oh, than yeah. just that <laughs> yeah, that's
1: absolutely true
0: so your return on investment might be extremely extremely well
1: yeah, yeah, it you may know, just happen I'm just a saying. couple of a couple of sessions you know isn't isn't gonna yeah. make you flat broke um right, and right. you know. I that's like the perfect transition into this. The next thing now here where we live in Pennsylvania, Dave, do you know how much an uncontested divorce cost? Oh, I'm going to say, I think it's cheap, isn't it? It's, it's incredibly inexpensive. And the only reason yeah. I know this is because I, I drive, I drive an hour to work and there's billboards all over the place. And I see them <laughs> every day. <laughs> State minimum. Uncontested divorce costs, come to our law firm, we'll get it done for you. Two weeks. Uh, two hundred oh, two hundred and eight dollars.
0: Yeah, that that's about what I figured. I remember we had yeah. a friend who was going through something similar to that, and I remember him saying it was like next to nothing. Yeah. Which I thought was completely crazy.
1: You're just you're paying for an hour of their time and the fill and file the paperwork. And like that's it. And then you both walk yep. away. And that's that's what the deal is. But <laughs> most of the time, with children, it's not that easy. It's in no ways that easy.
0: <laughs> most of the time, I'd say probably almost ninety percent of the time, it's not that easy.
1: Well, that's most. Uh, t- shut up! <laughs> <laughs> it's more than half, right? Ooh, touche, Ooh. touche. The not nu- the Ooh. numbers. The numbers say that I'm right. <laughs> the nu- The numbers. <laughs> the numbers.
0: But you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um. And it's not, it's usually very, very ugly. Unless you have like a prenup, which I don't know many people that do. Um, I know a couple. It, a couple. You do? Families. Yeah,
1: I know. Uh, wow. Usually the prenubs are people that have had uh, independent, in, like independent wealth, like family generational wealth.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Or it's like somebody who has had. Uh, like a career prior to getting married, so doctors and lawyers and uh, executives. I've seen quite a like higher end management dudes. That, yeah, you know that make makes sense. Make like a hundred to two hundred k a year. A cover, a cover that. your
0: own, a cover your own ass type I, deal.
1: It's it's just it's financially responsible, but then again, like not a lot of these people are in their twenties. So, right. Um a right. lot of these people are are in their 40s and want to protect their their wealth um from sure. anybody. And that makes sense. I get that. I 100% yeah. get that. Absolutely. People with, people with like mass amounts of assets too. like I have a friend who has one uh with his wife and um he has like 29 rental properties. Well, obviously oh, wow. he doesn't want her getting a hold of those if uh you know something something happens in their marriage and anything could happen, you don't know. You um, never know. So it's just like, hey, you know, uh, the, these sets of assets while we're married will be ours, but I will retain them if we decide to end our marriage. Right. And that's fine. That's completely fine. And nobody should be upset about that because you're just setting guidelines for your relationship. And, you know, if if you know, you're going into a marriage situation and you're like, hey, these are all the things I've had before we were married. If something should happen, I'm not saying it's going to. I'd like to keep them afterwards and your partner has a problem with that, it might be time to rethink your marriage a little bit. Yeah. Once again, it's about fiscal responsibility, especially if you have children. Um, if you divide those assets like that, it will make them not just worth less, period, just the pile will be worth less, and it'll be easier for them to diminish too. So in the long run, for your children's sake, it might be worth having the the, pr- the prenup as well, or a post-nuptial agreement. You can do that.
0: Yeah, that's true. You know you don't hear that too much. But let's be honest here. How many how many average Americans do you know that are doing prenups prior? They're just like, ah, I want to get married and we're we're gonna go into this. Not me.
1: <laughs> I didn't.
0: I didn't do one. Yeah, I didn't even think and about it. I did, but I was like, I, I trust my wife, so I did and, too. You know, yeah, I, I love you dear. But um, <laughs> but setting a plan, setting a plan attack, if you're se- if you're telling yourself, you know what, this is the only option. I can't do it anymore. It has to go through. Guys, I, we say it all the time, make a plan and communicate. It's going to be extremely hard to communicate with your with your now separated spouse or whoever, but it's extremely important, especially, especially if you have children in the household. I can't yeah, stress that enough.
1: Absolutely.
0: Speaking with them and setting a plan on how you're going to tell your kid or kids is crucial. It's going to set the stage for many, many years to come. If you just go in there and you just continue saying the stage, hey, mommy and me no longer love each other, we're now getting a divorce, and you just keep saying the words, it's not your fault over and over again without really sitting down and hearing what they have to say, I- I'm sorry, but that it's, you're not, it's not your fault statement is just a very blanketed statement to me. It feels like it almost holds no context anymore. It feels like it's one of those words that we're just so used to saying that it doesn't have its meaning anymore. It's like LOL when you're texting, right? Everybody yeah. says LOL. It feels like when parents split now, it's, oh, it's not your fault. They just say it because that's what is said. And it really holds no meaning. And no. it and it really feels like parents don't truly understand that they can have a conversation with their child about something like this. It's extremely... It's extremely heavy and extremely deep. But by sitting down with your child and actually talking, talking this out and saying, this is what happens and going through the process and we're going to be very close and we're still going to, you know, love and nurture and all of this and really validating how they're feeling instead of saying, it's not your fault, it's not your fault, it's not your fault. Even if the kid does say it, because I've said it, it just helps make that process a lot smoother, especially if both of you are the ones doing it and putting whatever gripe you have to the
1: side right which is exactly what you need to do you're talking about the very human aspect of divorce right there where you're you're dealing with the relationship within the family and your little circle which are now uh splitting and i know it's not going to happen with all people but if at a minimum you can hate each other all you want but when you're dealing with the ch with your child you must 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 number one not put that kid in the middle. Number two, boom. Yeah. Be extremely calm about it because, you know, there's, there's more stuff to divorce than, you know, just, just your personal relationship. Obviously there's the, the fiscal part of it, which you should do through like a legal mediator, everything, every conversation about like the, you know, the professional and fiscal parts of your, your divorce, definitely do it through a lawyer. But mm-hmm. these real human parts, I mean, you just have to be civil. You absolutely have to be civil. No one says you got to like each other, but no, you're going to do an innumerable amount of damage. Innumerable? Is that the word I'm looking for?
0: An enormous? Yeah, an well, enormous? I guess enormous.
1: Sure. A lot. You're going to do a lot <laughs> of fucking damage um, to your kid if you're constantly at odds with your partner. You've already made the decision to split up obviously if one person's made the decision, you know, not the other, that's a conversation worth having. But if you've both decided that it's over, then, you know, be adults about it, do it in an incredibly responsible manner, use the lawyers for what the lawyers are used for and then use the therapist for what the therapists are used for and just be cognizant of what your your child is going through.
0: I couldn't have said that any better, honestly. I mean, it is crucial Never, 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 never put your kid in the middle of the gripe that you have with your ex or who you're separating from. Don't do it. Don't be that dad. And if mama wants to do that, that's fine. But never be the stronger person at the end of the day. Never put that kid in the middle of what you two are doing. Staying extremely civil, swallowing your pride. And saying, we're going to do this for our kids. This is the best move that we can make for us. We got to make sure we do this right for our kids. So they're not going to be fucked up 15, 20, 25 years down the road. The moment you start putting your kids in the middle and you start saying your mom is this and your dad is this and you're this and you're this and you're that and this is that. Guess what? That kid is half of the person that you're bitching about. So now you're telling that kid psychologically, I don't like half of you. Tough love, guys. Tough love. You are telling that kid, I don't love half of you. And you may love that kid with the whole heart, but that is what you're telling that kid. That is what they're perceiving. That is what they're picking up when you say these things about baby mama or baby dad or whoever. Don't do it. Don't do it. We talked about it when I interviewed uh, Ethan Sheen a few weeks back, swallowing that pride and just preaching nothing about good stuff about that other person. It's going to make you feel better in the long run, and it's going to let that kid know that they are truly 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 loved by both
1: parents you know (laughs) occasionally dave you blindside me with a really fucking excellent (laughs) point (laughs) but i never thought of that that's really really an interesting take on that and i think uh we'll be going into it a little bit more on thursday now that she said that out loud wow (laughs) like that goes into like a whole biological level it was like holy fuck (laughs) Jesus Christ. I tried to uh, take a look at this topic is like not in an emotional way to put a counterpoint to, you know, your your experiences. But uh, that genuine statement is completely knocked me off balance for my point. Like that is the ultimate win argument right there. (laughs) So I don't mean to laugh about it or anything. I'm just like, I'm just completely taken back. But you bring up an excellent point. Even if the other person isn't being an adult about it or isn't being human about it, you have to be first off for your kids. Secondly, you know, this is a this is still a legal battle. If you appear to be a quiet, sane individual because you are a quiet, sane individual, that's going to be abruptly apparent in a hearing in front of, you know, like in, in a custody hearing so <laughs> that's gonna you know you know check the box for you a little bit because there are you know a hundred stigmas out there about men in custody hearings um yep. especially like here in pennsylvania um mostly because of the uh, industry me and dave were in there for a while you know what i'm talking about man. yep yep how how many coming back from deployment how many guys oh yeah yeah We're we're not yeah <laughs> I can name, <laughs> yeah. I can name four or five. Fuck, come back from camp sometime.
0: <laughs> yeah, no shit, really yeah. though. <laughs> really though.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. It's a hundred percent true. It is, uh, and you know, I, I I say guys, but I mean both because it goes both ways. It absolutely does. So hearing some of the horror stories and custody battles that these guys went through is nuts. It's just you know there there's a stigma of bias towards the woman, I guess would be. Um, at the end of the day, and it feels like, and this is just from my personal experiences, I'm not basing this on any numbers. So nobody fucking throw that back in my face, (laughs) just from the guys that I've run into, you know, guys going in there wanting like 50, 50, you know, financial slash custody, um, and don't really want to contend with it or anything. And then getting it thrown back in their face, like straight up 80 twenties and they get to see their kid twice a month. Right. How many how many times have you heard that story, Dave? I mean, I could I could a dozen
0: maybe for me. So I actually have two separate sides of this coin that I'm going to hit on. Um, Well, first and foremost, you're absolutely right. Especially here in PA, it seems like mom gets the custody most of the times. But in a lot of the last few years, I've started noticing that shifting a little bit more. And this is kind of where I'm going to come into play here with where my thought process is guys, in today's world, it's so important to keep a calm head. I can't tell you how many times I've seen on social media where a guy or a dad posts, oh, baby mama is this, baby mama is that, baby mama is this, baby mama is that, and then I'm friends with, the same, with that person, and I see an entire message, a Facebook message of them just incriminating themselves. That right there Guess what? You just said this, 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 whatever the case is. Now they have more ammunition to go into court with and to say, see, he is a deadbeat. See, he is this. See, he holds the stigmas of a deadbeat dad. Keeping a calm head, keeping composure, keeping your cool is going to make you look a lot better, like Ryan said, in court battles because that's who you are. You're listening to this because you're a fearless father. You want to be that better dad. Or if you're going through those battles right now, we're just giving you some tips and tricks and tools to really overcome that and take your and take it to the next level. Uh going off of what I was saying though, to backtrack, I have two other friends um both split from baby mama, both have kids. One, like Ryan said, 80/20 split. I mean, he sees his kid once every other weekend and once um once a week during like a certain weekday. I forget what day it is. That is the classic you get some custody. You get to see your kid every now and again. That's it. On the flip side, I have another friend who has majority custody of his older daughter. And he gets he gets it because mom, I don't really know mom's story all that well. But very respectable man. You know, highly, highly intelligent. Keeps his calm. Very positive. Very fluid. The other guy, you know, he, he has his moments. He's there. But it, it comes into play at the end of the day. Guys keeping that and the courts pick up on this stuff too. They pick up on it because I've seen it with other ones where baby mama is just going crazy and saying, oh, he's doing this. Oh, he's doing that. Oh, he's doing this. Oh, he's doing that. And they go investigate it and everything's fine. And everything's fine because you kept that level head the entire time. So now when it comes time for this, the courts are going to see, oh, you're this, you're this one that's just trying to pick, pod, prod because of the stigma that the mother should always have the kids. A judge is going to see that and say, no, this dad is doing the right job and I'm going to do what's in the best interest for the child. Yeah. Most times it's not the best interest of the child because of the way the father acts. And that's where self-realization and self-awareness really needs to come into play when it comes to this is sitting back and saying, what are some things that I did, not what she did, but what I did that could have caused this. And what are some ways that I could really make this better and continue to fight? Anything else you want to add on that?
1: Yeah, actually, you brought up a real good point there. I I, I guess I had been talking with the assumption that, you know, you're not going to go on social media and blast the other person, (laughs) which is 100 percent the worst, most fucking childish, obnoxious thing you could do to screw yourself. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Not just you, your kid, too. You have to remember everything that goes on social media. Even if it's within like the closed direct messenger portion of social media. So like Facebook Messenger, Instagram mm-hmm. DMs, anything, anything. It's public. They can, they the court can be like, hey, we need that. And they could just hand it over. Or people would just see it, like take a screenshot of it and use it as evidence. Don't fucking do that. <laughs> do not do that. And you know what? This goes for moms and dads. It goes for Everybody. it's just the worst idea you're in a legal battle where an outside body is adjudicating your family that's what you've set up that's what a divorce is that's what a custody battle is they could decide that you're both bad parents and take your children too yep just just an fyi so if you go out and you act like a child well, guess what? They're gonna treat you like one. <laughs> yeah, that's the way our system fucking works. And then you know who loses? Your child loses. Your family loses because they're in that much more pain. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like I got it off on a rant here because because I've seen it before. I really have. But you, but you have, and it, it's yeah. so
0: prevalent. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. I, I've started defriending these people because you, you're making the wrong moves. Like I, I just want to like just talk to you and just say, dude stop just stop if you want to win fight with a positive mind don't fight with a negative mindset of going in guns blazing shooting rounds off hoping something hits because all you're gonna do is lose in the end that's all you're gonna do I right promise you oh yeah
1: oh yeah because do you think like a custody judge wants to hear about your your dumbass facebook conversation <laughs> no no <laughs> he's gonna no. He's going to gather all the pertinent data and then he's going to make a judgment. And then he's going to see the five pages of
0: Facebook messages that baby mom printed out because you made yourself look like an asshole. And he's going to say, Oh, you also had this too. I was actually planning on ruling in your favor, but after seeing this and no, bro, no, exactly. And I've seen stuff like that happen before too. I
1: I absolutely have as well.
0: So, and I think that's going to be a perfect segue into our last point of this is the mental health of the child.
1: Yep, if you guys are fighting over fucking Facebook, it probably isn't good for the kid.
0: (laughs) Nope, nope, because guess what? All that does is now you're fighting against baby mama, and if your kid's sitting in the other room and you're saying, this stupid bitch, and I can't believe that you're doing this about my kid
1: and this, that, and the other,
0: guess what, guy? They hear it.
1: It's worse than that. Yeah. I just got done saying everything's public. A lot of that shit, like my five-year-old niece can use Facebook. She can go find that stuff yeah. because people do it out in the open all the time. So what do you think that's going to do? She comes across it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not good. No, it's absolutely not good.
0: It's not good. And like we've said, keeping it, keeping as calm of a composure, especially around your children, have an integrity move. Do say nice things about your ex out in public because you don't know who's listening. And all it has to be is great aunt Mary's sister's cousin who heard you talking shit about her best friend. And now that's going to come back. And all it's going to do is cause more problems. Guys, if you can keep that positivity, one, it's going to emulate on your child because who do they learn from? Who do they pick up from? They pick up from you. They learn from you. You may feel like it's a losing battle now, but years down the road, when they're older, they're going to remember, yo, my dad always talked really highly about my mom. He always said great things about her, and my mom always said really shitty things about my dad. Like, Where's the disconnect here? And they're going to think about that when they start hitting those teens, especially if you split with kids really young. Teenagers, it's a little bit of a different story, but it still has some damning effects. But really, really focusing in and keeping a calm mind and just picking on that is going to be huge for your child's development down the road. Don't be the one to blame. Don't be the one to put yourself on the blame if, you know, your child starts acting out or they're really looking for attention in another way and you're saying, "Why are you acting this way? What the hell is wrong with you? Why are you being the way that you are?" Now all you're doing is you're just really reinforcing that behavioral change and that shift in their mind and all it's going to do is it's going to cause Lasting effects that may never heal. And a lot of parents forget the kid suffers in all of this. Yeah. Kids, young yeah. children have no idea what the hell is going on. All they know is mom and dad hate each other and they can't figure out why. And all the exes do is they just focus this energy on the, ch- you know, it, they just focus all this energy on the ex and kids pick that up. Even if you think you're hiding it and you're hiding it well, Kids will sniff that out. They do.
1: They absolutely do. I think at the end of the day, the divorce is very much about the two individuals, the parents and the the kid always gets lost, lost in, you know, the proverbial sauce of this. And it's my personal opinion. This is probably well, well, I'll never get a divorce because I'm horrified of it. At the end of the day, the kid should be the main point in my mind. Yes. The main thing you should be focusing on because you've already made your decision. She or your partner has already made their decision. So your adults, that's fine. You've you've made your decisions and that's that. The child has not had a chance to learn to choose because they're young. They're a child. They don't know any better. And you still have a responsibility as a parent. You both do to put the kid first over yourselves. Now, I'm not saying, you know, stay in a marriage that's detrimental to your mental health or your physical health or anything like that. But you still have to put the child before you. That's literally the whole point of being a parent (laughs) is to develop an entirely functional, well-rounded human being for the world to love.
0: And I feel that statement you just said, putting your child above everything else. There's a double-edged sword there because how many times have parents used that, oh, I'm doing this for my child. I'm saying how bad the other parent is for my child to let them know, hey, this person sucks. Don't do that. Do not use those words or justify why you want to speak badly about this other person for the sake of your child. That is the dickest move you could ever make, absolutely the worst move you could make as a parent, as an adult, as a human being justifying a reason to talk bad about another person in front of your child or to your child, I can't condone that, fam. I cannot condone that whatsoever.
1: Neither could I. Absolutely, neither could I. Well, let's get off that point real quick. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting real we got real serious we, there. Yeah, we got bit. deep. Yeah, we super we deep. Got de- yeah, and we got to reel it, we got to reel it back in, Dave, <laughs> reel it but all like, the way but back like,
0: in. Like we said, this this is a serious thing, I try, we tried to keep it somewhat lighthearted, but this one, it just scratches the surface, and especially because yeah. it's so, it's so emotional for me, because it's something that I've gone through, and like I said, if you guys are tuning in Thursday, you guys are going to get a lot, I believe, fully in transparency, I believe full transparency with a lot of things I do. And you guys are going to see a very transparent Devo, a very emotional one, come Thursday's episode. Because it, it, it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a whirlwind, I, I promise you.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I'm going to do my best to moderate it, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, but we, uh, we'll see how it all works out. This is new territory for everybody. And uh, we will do our best to portray it in, you know, a way that's most helpful to the community that um, we work so hard to build every day uh, by doing the show with you guys. And we love you. And, you know, obviously we don't want any of this to happen to you, but it It does does happen happen. where we are absolute realists. And we understand that uh, people go through these things every day. And uh, we hope that our opinions and this and the information that we gave you um, helps you through your through your journey in life. Because unfortunately, people people uh, experience this, you know, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible, as, as Dave, Dave knows. I'm just going to wrap this
0: all up while we close this out for you guys today. I preach, Ryan's starting to preach that positive mindset. Divorce next to like toxic relationships is probably one of the most negative things on this planet. And looking at a new way of focusing energy in a new light. If you're the most positive person in the world, this is going to take you a step back and you're you're going to be completely blindsided and the wind's going to be knocked out of you. But it is your responsibility to keep your head high, to learn from this experience and not let dark thoughts cloud who you are or who you want to become. You know, we have a lot of fathers here who will say are experienced because they have multiple kids and they've been doing it for a while. But we're really here for you guys, the new ones out there that are just getting their feet wet, dipping into it, and the ones who are expecting and you know, maybe listening to this podcast to find new ways or just to learn of new things that are happening to prepare yourself if something was to come down. Guys, I will say it again till the day I die, keeping a positive, highly attentive outlook on things is going to get you a lot farther in this world than just saying, this sucks, I'm horrible, this, that, and the other. It's so easy to fall into that negative mindset, especially when it comes down to something like divorce. Keep your head high. Keep fighting. Everything you do, you do it for your kid. Put that smile on your face. Let them know whether you tell them or you just show them that you are doing it for them, that you are putting in that work and you're saying, I am here for you. Your mother is amazing. She's a great mother. She's a nurturer. But I love you just as much, if not maybe a little bit more. And everything I'm going to do in this world, I'm going to make sure you have all the tools necessary to succeed. The moment you put it and you just say to yourself, this is for my son. This is for my daughter. These are for my kids. And you go in there with a smile on your face. The world becomes much different, much cleaner, much nicer, and a lot easier to combat.
1: I can't say it any better. <laughs> I was sitting here trying to think of, uh, you know, a way to wrap this up in a nice, clean manner. But uh, Dave, you, you just did it brilliantly.
0: Thank you. So I want to thank you guys again, as always, for tuning in to this episode of the Fearless Fathers podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community. Uh, just a while back ago, um, we hit over a thousand total downloads. So I really want it. Yeah, yeah. So that we means it. we're kind of doing something. I'm
1: really hoping most of them aren't bots. Yeah. But. Yeah, that'd be great. The numbers say at least half of them. At are. least half.
0: I'll take it. Numbers don't lie. At least half. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being with us from the very beginning. If you're just checking us out, welcome to the family. You came to a community that has a voice for you. You no longer have to suffer in that silence. If you know of somebody who is expecting or who is that new father and they just need that little pick-me-up, send them our way. We're here for them. We welcome all of you with open arms. This is a community for us to rebuild and become better. We're doing this for you guys. We're doing this because we give a damn. As always, if you can do anything to help support this, to help grow this, to help make it better, Check out our Patreon page. A dollar, that's all we ask to start off. A dollar is going to go a long way to help us out. That's going to go huge. It's going to help grow this. Check out our shop. We have some great merch in there. We're working on some new ideas for some other stuff. And subscribe to Become a Fearless Family member. Link is all in the description in our nice little link tree page so you can find everything right there. Subscribe. And just by doing that, we're not going to spam you. We're not going to send you BS. You're just going to get updates on when new episodes come out. We're going to send some some motivation and stuff here and there just to help keep you growing and becoming the best fearless father that you know you are. You no longer have to go this alone, guys. You have a voice in the dark. Scream it out from the rooftops. Let everybody know how fearless of a father you are. Join us together. We will embrace the fear.
1: Always.